Hello, hello, anyone? Just adding our guests here. Thanks for joining us. I am going to be joined by Gray Matters, the blog, in just a moment. Our friends, I am. I'm sporting our shirt. Oh, thank you. My, my lips, <laughs> my light up lips. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, hello. Hi. Made it. All right. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> like I've just gotten so used to saying that, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, how's my connection? Is everything good? Yeah, how's that's, my... <laughs> that's the go-to first, uh, first few minutes of any IG Live. Yes. <laughs> Check all our sound and everything. I think... Ricky is on the way. Yes. Um, I, I do want to say happy Pride, everybody. Yes. We're officially in Pride Month. So I'm going to be celebrating. <laughs> yes. And things are starting to open up a little bit, depending where you are, of course. But... That's always good. Oh, let's see. I think we're having little connection issues. Figure it out. We'll figure it out. Welcome, welcome, everyone just joining. I will also say while we're getting started um, that we just, uh, I'm wearing my shirt, the Latinx for Social Movement shirt that's on our store now. And um, we also just added some stickers. So there's a sticker pack in the store. Um, hmm, Ricky's trying to join, let's see. 
can I, can I do anything about that? And um, yeah, the stickers are by our artists, Toria and Tressa uh, and Kiara. There we go. Hello. Hello. Can you Sorry. hear us? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, it looks like your video. Okay, there we go. You caught up. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. I had a, a previous appointment and I it just just wrapped up and I'm like on my way back. So it ran a little older than I thought it would be. So well, we'll be here. If you if you get disconnected, we'll we'll get you back. Okay. So I have with me here the hosts of Gray Matters, the blog and the podcast. And uh, that's Charmaine and Ricky. So nice to see you ladies. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here and to be a part of this conversation. Yes, thank you. This is so, I'm so excited. This is my first time doing a live, so. <laughs> I've only done, I think, one before, so I'm still pretty new at it too, but it's yeah. uh, it's gonna be pretty casual. We're just gonna be chatting a little bit about you guys mostly and uh, what you're doing and, um, you know, your your podcast and art and all that, all that fun stuff. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, like where, where you're from, how'd you meet, all that kind of stuff? I'll let Charmaine uh, start. Okay, I was like, who's going to start? Um, <laughs> well, my name is Charmaine Jarula. I am, as you said, one half of Gray Matters, the blog. Um, I, where am I from? That's always a fun question. I've moved around a bit. So I, I like to say I've grown up between Orlando, Florida, and Chicago, Illinois. But I'm right now based in North Texas. So um, that's the short answer. Um, but yeah, Ricky and I met um, in the Multicultural Women and Gender Studies program at Texas Women's University, which is um, where we both have our degrees from. I recently graduated with my MA. Um, I'll let Ricky get into a little bit more about her own degree. Thank you. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's very exciting. Completing degrees is very exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ricky and I met in a class and we like her and I, it's, it's awesome because we have a great relationship. We're very complimentary. We bonded over a lot of things. I am a full-time makeup artist. And so I think one of our conversations first started around beauty and like social media and YouTube um, and tutorials, like it kind of somehow went into that. But I, one of the things that I often talk to her and other friends about is like kind of merging these spaces. Like I love beauty. I love fashion. I love glamour. But yet I'm also very much like a social activist. I'm very passionate about my causes and advocacy. And somehow there seems to be like a disconnect, especially when you're in like the capitalistic retail space, you're kind of restricted from engaging in a lot of different things. And so I always said like, I want to do something where these theories that we talk about in class, like I want to do something, I want to bring them out. And I had a few ideas and, um, Ricky had this amazing idea she was working on already and it just it like came together so organically and wonderfully and it kind of you know became the the name I contributed to Ricky because she came up with the name Gray Matters the blog and so we kind of merged our ideas and evolved them in different ways and it kind of became what it is today this like amazing website um 
the witches like host our blog we host a lot of great things on the website. and then um oh no i think we're, we're losing ricky hopefully we'll get her back <laughs> um <laughs> i see her. i see the little circle yeah <laughs> and and the podcast the podcast was a big thing where i was like how can we get this information out there to people in a very like kind of edutainment format like we want to talk to people about these theories that we study in the wgs or the women and gender studies classroom but yet they're so relevant but like nobody's having these conversations there's this big disconnect between theory and like what's being practiced um and so we wanted to kind of do this work to merge those two and bridge bridge academia and activism as we like to say a lot but um yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like how we got to where we are, and and you know we connected with you guys on social media, and we're so happy to to have connected with Let, uh, Latinx for Social Movement because we love what you're doing. You're such an amazing organization. So, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Um, do we have Ricky? Okay, we got Ricky. <laughs> how about you, Ricky? <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Hello. <laughs> so sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. My connection in this area went out but it came back in, um, but I'm back. Um, I guess I'll just keep from what Charmaine said. Um, hello, I'm Ricky. Um, like Charmaine said, we met at the TW Multicultural Women and Gender Studies program. Um, originally, I'm from Houston, h whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I moved to Dallas area to um, go to UNT for undergrad, and then I stayed in Dallas went to TW. I got my master's in 2019. Um, and then I started the doctoral program in 2020, right when the pandemic hit. So that's been a very interesting experience to start a doctoral program um, <laughs> during the pandemic. Um, and yeah, like Charmaine said, um, the idea of Gray Matters, the blog um, came from while um, because I come from a marketing and PR background so um, I was very much into the YouTube especially YouTube beauty and fashion and when we started the program I kept thinking everyone should know like what what we're studying like no one should have to pay this super large amount of money just um oh I'm back hello just to learn about feminism or just to learn about womanism or what intersectionality is and have access to these resources. So I was like, wow, why not use the YouTube world or the social media world to spread awareness? And so it started in a class project. I think we had to like make a script or like make something um, and find a way to share it. And my way of sharing it was to in my head, I was, I just thought of a website, but then I was like, anybody interested in doing this with me? And Charmaine was like, me. And I was like, yes, come along. Help me, please. I need help. Because uh, one brain, two brains is better than one, right? Um, and Charmaine had this amazing idea to start the podcast. And I had never even thought about me being on a podcast like my voice being on a podcast that just did not make sense I was like nobody wants to listen to me um <laughs> talk about stuff right um but then Charmaine came with this idea and I was like wow that's so amazing and then we started the podcast and it's been a journey since then because we started that during the pandemic as well so it's been a journey yeah, all that stuff, especially during the pandemic, is a lot. Like, 
starting a doctoral program at all, <laughs> let alone in the middle of all this. So you mentioned that uh, you didn't really think about being on a podcast. Were you fans of podcasts before or were you pretty new to the whole idea? Did you have like certain shows that you that you listened to or anything? I have been, um, I listened to a few. I will say like I listened to a few. Um, so I had a good idea of what podcasts were. I'm like, I love radio and I love radio shows and I love like radio talk shows. I, I don't know, it's like the old soul. I'm just like such a radio nerd. So I always wanted to do something with radio, with some kind of like medium where I can talk to people. Um, and so uh, when I like learned about podcasts and I started listening to them, it kind of felt like a natural progression. I was like, ooh, I think I could do this. Like I wanna, I wanna talk to people about these really, like what Ricky said, like these amazing things that we study in, in class and we talk about. Um, we wanna bring these to like a larger audience. So there was a few that I listened to, but um, it's so interesting because I listened to a couple of like really like nerdy NPR ones just about like, like I'm a big politics nerd. So about like politics or just very specific like news related issues or I listened to a couple um in the beauty realm so I really liked like beauty podcasts and then with that actually through a class Ricky and I took um I learned about some like I'm really into astrology so um uh, I learned about a couple of astrology podcasts so I kind of like expanded my world a little bit but it kind of started from there okay cool uh, what about you Ricky yeah, so I, I, I've been sitting here trying to think of when I was first introduced to the podcast world. I think the first time I got really into podcasts um, was, I think I would say it was a few years, like 2018, 2019, can't remember the exact year, I think it was 2019, and it was because of Harry Potter, so I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. Um and that recently, I recently had read the books because I had never read the books. I tried to read it, like, when I was younger, but I was like, what is this? I think I picked up, like, book four and, like, tried to start. And I was the so thickest confused. one. <laughs> yeah, I was so confused. I was like, how old was I? I think I was, like, eight or nine. And I was just like, what is this? I'm so confused. And I, like, set it back down. Um, but recently, I think it was after my undergrad year, um, after I was done with undergrad, I read the books. And a friend of mine had told me about a Harry Potter podcast that was like binge mode Harry Potter. And I was driving to Oklahoma by myself and I like listened to like a lot of episodes. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool podcasting. What is this whole world? So I like went down the rabbit hole, listened to all these different Harry Potter podcasts. We actually did an episode with one of the podcasts I was listening to. Um, and that was really cool because I was like, wow, I'm on the podcast that I used to listen to. This is like my whole world was like doing a complete 180 in front of me. Um, but as Charmaine said, we took a spiritual activism course and I'm really into astrology podcasts too. Um, I think we both listened to Ghost of the Podcast um, with Jessica Lingrado. Um, and, um, yeah, so yeah, now I'm a podcaster and I love podcasts. I listen to so many different podcasts for all my interests. Yeah. It, that's the really neat thing about podcasts is the way that it mimics radio is there's like a, a genre for everybody. There's so many different things that it can be, um, whether that's a talk show or like a review show, um, or what you guys are doing, which is kind of a 
kind of a talk show, but also um, about theory and culture um, and things that are, uh, you know, current events, things that are, are relevant today. Um, speaking of your episodes, one of the recent episodes that really resonated with us uh, at Latinx for Social Movement is uh, your episode on representation in the art world. And knowing that you have that background in academia and that part of the inspiration for this podcast was to kind of make things more accessible. That was something that you kind of hit on in that episode that there are these roadblocks um, to people who aren't within this certain strata. Um, so what, what do you think after that kind of conversation is one of the biggest roadblocks to greater representation in, in the world of fine art and art history and those like academic kind of spaces? And uh, I guess we'll start with Ricky this time. Switch it up. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. I'm going to try to answer the question without writing a five-page paper. <laughs> <laughs> the academic in me is like introduction, point one, point two, conclusion. <laughs> um, wow. So when I think of um, the first thing that popped to my mind was I took this class, Art, Activism, and Social Justice. And this was a really amazing class because people um, – came together from within the Multicultural Women Gender Studies program, but also we had a, the opportunity to take class with a lot of, a lot of artists, two dancers, and, and just a lot of creatives. And to be honest, one of the major um, conversations that we had during that class that continuously came up, especially for artists that are in marginalized communities, artists of colors, is financial, right? Like being an artist, especially if that is your entire livelihood, your career, and this is me personally knowing um, a lot of artists myself. We, we even featured um, one of my friends, Tan the Artist, on our website. And one of the continuous conversations is financing and, and getting your, your works out there, like not just having the finances to, um, after you create the work, but the finances to do the work as well. And having a lot of times finances don't necessarily come with um, artistic freedom or even um, free, like freedom as an activist, right? A lot of artists go through a lot of um, binaries that they have to follow based on people, sponsors, based on corporations really that kind of invest into the art world without a lot of people knowing it. And a lot of these artists, especially artists that are kind of have these intersecting identities as not just an artist, but an activist, not just an activist, but an academic too. A lot of people um, feel this kind of burden to assimilate into the art world and not necessarily have used their platform like they want to use it. There's also a whole number of conversation about the value of art and what is art in itself. Um, we talked a lot about how um, the, the, the devaluement of um, soft, um, soft, is it, I'm going to say this really wrong. It's like the soft arts or what people deem the soft arts. So that's weaving and, and yarn work and different arts like that, even being devalued compared to other artworks. Um, so those are just a couple of things that come to my mind when I think about 
um, just like the limitations in the art world and, and more advocacy needed in the art world for people who are a part of marginalized communities and who want to be activists and advocates in their, with their art um, and use their platforms to advocate not just for themselves, but for communities as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I know that that's a, um, a big part of what we wanted to combat with our organization is to just, I mean, I think a lot of it is that a lot of us are artists, um, the people that are like working with Latinx for Social Movement, and we know what that struggle is like of trying to um, sell your work at a rate that's fair to you, trying to get hired at jobs that you can do your art um, you know, consistently at, and just the, the struggle of trying to get your foot in those doors. And so we kind of wanted to be that, the, the foot in the door, like we're going to give you more money than you might make somewhere else for this work. We want to give you uh, opportunities to be seen by more people. We want to give you more experience and more opportunities to do things so that you can go off and get that dream job that you want um, or, you know, open a gallery or, you know, get into these spaces that you might not have um, just on your own because of that lack of resources. Um, do you, Charmaine, do you think it's the mainly financial or do you have any other thoughts? I mean, I agree with everything Ricky said. And I think that there's this kind of lack of representation in the way that we look at like a lot of artists from marginalized communities is deeply rooted in a lot of the systemic issues that we have, namely like white supremacy, racism, sexism. I think all of these things impact the impact artists personally till this day in so many regards. And especially like I'm thinking about this from like an art history perspective, like there's like, I'm, I'm thinking about this meme I saw the other day, which I think perfectly sums this up where it was like, just a great meme. It was like, um, you know, museums will have this one room dedicated to this one like French painter and all of the paintings that he used with this one specific brush, all the paintings that he created with this one specific brush. But then in another room or another gallery, they will have all of Asia from all of time. And so it's like <laughs> that kind of extreme like prejudice that you see in the way that art is judged and critiqued. Um, and I think it's very easy when it comes to things like the art world and me being an artist myself, and then also having like my, my education in art and art history, it's like rooted in these issues and how we, it's very easy to be like, oh, well, you know, like critique an artist um, and, and not like really take hold of or address the um, systemic bias and racism within I'm not just gonna, like racism, for example, there's many of the other isms, but like the systemic biases that impact why artists, who is represented, why they are represented, why particular artists from particular communities are not represented. Um, and we really see this throughout all of history and the way that art has been um, kind of like given to us and shown to us and even how we as a society, I mean, we collectively as society and as like art historians, like the way that, you know, museums, collectives, all of that, like individual collectors, how they look at what is deemed like valuable, you know, looking at like impressionist movements versus miniatures. I've heard this argument a lot with like, 
different um, art critics where it's like, oh, the miniatures from this era, from this region aren't as valuable as like the Impressionist paintings from 100 years later in Europe. So it's, it's just really interesting how these conversations even play out. Um, and I think it is really important to have organizations such as yourselves that are out there supporting these, these artists and saying that your work is valuable, like your work has inherent value. Because I think artists, like a lot of academics, um, particularly artists and academics from marginalized communities, face this, like, Im face imposter syndrome. Um, everybody does. I'm not going to say that it's only people from marginalized communities. I think I've heard had this conversation with many different people from many different backgrounds. But I think that people from marginalized communities um, face imposter syndrome uniquely in the way that they're, like, impacted from um, external pressures and external sources and always feeling like, you just don't feel good enough. I've had so many amazingly talented art artist friends who have been doing like their MFA, MFAs and are like crippled with anxiety to do their colloquiums or, or to show um, their artwork because of the critiques that they've received that their non-marginalized classmates are the artists or people from non-marginalized communities have not faced that same level of critique. Um, yeah, and I think it's also something like connected to who you know. So it's like a lot of these artists come from like what Ricky said, like wealthy families who are able to support them, allow them to be full-time artists and be, you know, struggling. I love this because I hear it's a lot too with like struggling artists and like, but yeah, they, they have like this amazing loft in Brooklyn, <laughs> like Bushwick and you're just like, okay, I see that you're struggling because like maybe your art isn't selling, but like you have to have a certain amount of wealth to be in that position. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But I think at the same time, like it really kind of uh, essentializes the the artist struggle, and yeah. so the really like, I think give give that platform to artists from marginalized communities and to really support them. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot in recent years um, how much that that safety net, that financial safety net, is required for people to pursue art as a profession, and not just. A, a side hustle or a hobby. You have to have that stability to be able to make your art consistently. Um, and it's, I, I just think of all of the, the stories that have come out about people um, of all different stripes of, you know, creative, whether it's writers or painters or whatever, that are in these um, privileged institutions and have only really been able to do it because they took an unpaid internship or because they were able to live in this area where the the job is, which is really expensive to live in. Um, and so it's just all these little things that, that contribute to that lack of representation. Um, since we were talking a little bit about uh, Latinx for Social Movement, I didn't know if you guys had any questions for me or about us, what, what we're doing, that sort of thing. Well, I think that we would love to know more about, like, how you, you said, like, I don't if I'm, if I understood this correctly, did you say that you also are an artist as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'd love to know more about your work and, like, how you got connected. So my, my art journey is a kind of eclectic one. I have always kind of been in, around artists and around art. Um, my mother was uh, an illustrator-like artist and she also did, um, uh, what do you call it, embroidery um, for like stuff like this, like shirts, she did designs for that kind of stuff. Um, and my dad was a musician and 
it's just like raised in this house that you know my mom drew, my mom drew my mom did um cake decorating sewing like all these crafty things that were like her way of expressing her artistic side because she wasn't able to take you know a full-time job as an illustrator or something like that um she was working other jobs and kind of doing what she could to kind of get that out um and i was in like musical theater and i'm a writer and i do drawing and i used to sing and all this kind of stuff so it's just like in all kinds of areas, I've just kind of been surrounded by art. And I guess um, I, I, I don't always say artist because that tends to like give that idea of like, oh, I'm a painter or I draw and I do doodle stuff, but it's not really primarily the way that I express myself. Um, I wish I was better at drawing because I like drawing, but I'm always frustrated by like, Oh, it doesn't look exactly how I imagine it in my head. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I got into this through Ryan, the founder. Um, we were friends. We met online and we just became friends. Uh, we became roommates and everything. Like uh, we just uh, had been having all these conversations over the last year and a half, um, uh, particularly during the summer when all the protests were happening. Um, and just like calling each other every other day, just like to yell, <laughs> just like to rant to each other about like, I can't believe this is going on. I can't believe that so whatever news thing came up, it was a, you know, an opportunity to just like <laughs> get it all off our chest. And after, you know, however many weeks of these calls happening, it just turned into like, I think we got to do something besides just calling each other and yelling. We got to figure out something. Um, so Ryan really had the idea to start a nonprofit, to do this kind of um, art outreach, um, like products like shirts and, sh and stickers and things like that. Um, and I kind of helped shape it with the with my writing, like that, you know, we're gonna have to fill out all these forms, we're gonna have to like, what are we, who are we, all these kinds of things. So that was kind of where I came in, um, just like outlining, <laughs> doing, doing a lot of sketching things out, thinking about things, having more of those conversations that uh, are not always ranting and yelling anymore, but like, let's plan, let's think about what we're gonna do. So uh, yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. And my sort of my sort of art background. I, um, I also do a podcast with my husband, um, where we it's it's not as uh, educational, <laughs> I think as yours. But uh, we're showing each other movies and video games that we grew up like I grew up with movies and he grew up with video games. And so we're kind of exchanging um, those experiences with each other. So We've been doing that for a little while and I've, you know, been a fan of podcasts for years. I, I think I have a similar uh, taste to Charmaine of like, I like that talk show um, vibe uh, where it's just kind of people having a conversation and you kind of are along for the ride. And sometimes, I mean, like, I love that stuff uh, no matter what the subject matter is, especially like if, if it's people who have a good energy and who are having good conversations, like what you guys do, that's like, that's the main thing that I want in a podcast is <laughs> for somebody who has a nice voice and has, you know, good ideas to be chatting with me. I can imagine myself in the room there. <laughs> 
I love that you said that. I think that's that really is like a great podcast when you feel like you can connect with the speakers and the hosts and like like yeah be a part of the conversation and that's I think it's I, I love that you said that because that's something we definitely want to do too where it's like we want people to have these conversations and like you can have these conversations with us while you're listening yeah. I mean if you feel like you missed something feel welcome to go back and listen to it again but we yeah we think that's great because I do that sometimes like I'll be listening to something then I'll get lost in my own like train of thought about how I feel about something um so yeah, and I and I love. Um, I just have to say, I love the concept of your podcast as well. I think that's that's really special, and being able to share those like kind of nostalgic experiences with um, your significant other is really special. And then I'm sure you know, like with your listeners as well, because people are going to listen and you know be like, oh my god, I remember that TV show or that movie. I think that nostalgia has such a special place for us. So that's yeah, awesome. that's um, that's like the best part of it for me is kind of, <laughs> we get to kind of deep dive into these movies and uh, games that we haven't revisited in a long time uh, in a lot of cases that it's like, oh yeah, this was actually bad. <laughs> or, but it's still fun because I still remember it a certain way, you know? Um, but yeah, um, speaking of, again, like podcasts where you're, you're chatting and um, like educational, um, I know that, <laughs> thank you, Ryan. He says our podcast is cute as couple goals. <laughs> I love that. Um, so Gray Matters, uh, the podcast, part of your mission, as you've kind of uh, talked about, is to make these higher education topics, um, theory, all these things that people usually have to take these classes to kind of get access to those conversations that you want to make that more accessible. Um, for everybody. So I'm curious what your favorite topics have been that feel especially um, important for for that goal that like this is a really, you know, have there been any topics where you think to think to yourself, um, wow, like more people need to know about this. And I want to make sure that this is accessible and that people join in on this conversation. And I'll uh, throw it to Ricky. Yes. Hello. I'm back in a safe yeah. place, everyone, with Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, wow. Um, this is such a, like, hard question for me because a part of me wants to say everything. Everybody just know everything. <laughs> just just know everything because I'm such a, I don't know, I feel like I'm such a bookworm, book nerd, or just, like, knowledge worm. I don't know how to describe it. I'm always... <laughs> on the quest to learning new things. And it doesn't matter where what I'm in, whether that's academia or now I'm getting back into marketing and PR and I'm like trying to learn all of these new things, learning coding um, and all of this random things. So I'm always on the quest for knowledge. Um, but I think back to all of our episodes, um, I really appreciate our Her Story series that we did. I don't think, I think this is cheating because it's a bunch of, it's a series, it's a bunch of episodes, but I'm, I'm going to go down this route um, because I felt like a lot of the women that we covered, they don't really get the coverage that they deserve, right? Like when we were taught U.S. history, no one's going to teach us about Sally Hemings, right? They're not going to be like, let me tell you about what Thomas Jefferson done to Sally Hemings, right? But, you know, there's this glorified perception of the founding fathers and 
colonialism. I mean, even, I mean, we go to TWU and our slogan is pioneering. And I'm like, there's so many problems with that, but I won't, I won't get into that on here. Um, and I just think, I think about Gloria Anzaldúa. Um, we did an episode on Madam C.J. Walker and um, even we did an episode on Kamala Harris, just focusing on her achievements and what, and what she's done. Um, and I, I like those episodes because we also preface those episodes with giving humanity to these figures too. Um, like one of the feedbacks we received about our episode on Gloria Anzaldúa, right? It talks about how in her early years, you know, she was still learning and she, um, there's a lot of critique to Gloria Anzaldúa, but we recognize that in our episodes and we recognize her as a person and this beautiful concept of the person being able to evolve and being able to learn because, I mean, if I think about the person I was just five years ago, I'm not that person. And I think with a lot of, when it comes to her stories or, or history in general, um, having a grounded reality into those figures, but also centering the voices who are a lot of times not centered in our history, I think is very important. And a lot of times those voices are women and cross that women of color um, that we don't hear about. Um, and I think it's very important. Like I would love to see a history book that just features all of these amazing women and not in like the token commodified way of like, here's Harriet Tubman and Underground Railroad and this is what you get. And now let's skip over all that. I would like to see more stories being told. Um, and then I also think about our recent hair politics episode. Um, for me, that was really personal because I feel like there's not enough conversations about hair politics and especially in the corporate world or even in the beauty world in general. Um, a lot of people don't think about what women of color and black women have to go through just to live and thrive in spaces. Like I, I've literally been in a corporate setting where my hair was like, I, I don't know how to describe the story. I had a boss that basically thought I like was trying to get over the company just because I got my hair done. It's a, it's a whole thing. I was like, what are you saying? And I think um, unless you embody a certain type of, like, unless you embody marginalized hair, you don't really understand that struggle until you, until you embody it. And I think it takes more conversations for people to understand how restricting hair politics can be. Because I've heard people be like, it's just hair. Or it's not, but it's not just hair if you can't go into the courtroom and do your job or you can't, you know, go to your day-to-day -day life without thinking about, oh, my gosh, is my hair professional? Is my hair okay? Um, and I think that that is a major conversation. Those conversations, it's probably not super academic, but I argue it could be academic. There's this great book um, that someone recommended to me. It's called Textures. Um, if you're interested in reading it, I can send it to you, but it talks about um, hair as an art form too. Um, and it's really cool. Um, I can send a link in the comments, but yeah, it's a really cool book. And it really just made me realize that hair needs a space in academia and needs a space in the art world. It needs a space in all of these different worlds to have more um, discussion. 
I took all the episodes. Yeah, Charmaine, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there any left, Charmaine, that you can choose? <laughs> I, they're really, they, that's great, Ricky. I'm glad you touched on those. And I see a comment about Dolores Huerta. Thank you for bringing that up because um, we actually have a running list of women that we want to feature in the history episode. And it's always way longer than what we have time for. But um, I read a amazing book about her um, that was written about her. And so I actually have her on the list. So stay tuned because we will be doing um, a Dolores Huerta episode. Um, yeah, I mean, all of the I yeah, it, that this is hard. Like, I really do love all of our episodes, obviously, like we do things that we're passionate about. But um I think that we have we have like these series that we go through and um, what most important, I think and this is like subjective because what is important, but it's like, um, I think our theory episodes are really important because we kind of go in and break down. And that's one of the things that when you learn about theory, one of the things that you also learn is it's there's really no capital T truth. And so um, sometimes you walk away a little bit more confused than how you went in, but um, that's okay. And so we bring that to people. And so we talk about like womanism and feminism. I love those episodes, intersectionality, um, because we really wanted to do that one for a while to break down the term because it's become this very kind of popular buzzword. Um, but I personally really love, um, I love our mental health episode that we have from season one, we're going to be having another mental health episode coming in. Um, I have a lot of my own personal like work and passion is for mental health advocacy and reduction of stigma. So I really personally love that episode. Um, I also love our, um, I love our um, like episodes about media where we, Ricky and I both do a lot of research in the media. And so we have a lot of these great media episodes um, that we kind of break down some, we actually in this season have broken down a couple of shows, like popular um, shows and kind of what we think about that. So we'll be doing more like media series as well. Um, yeah, I really enjoy those. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, there's, I really do enjoy all of our episodes. <laughs> like there's so many and we, we really do try to cover a lot of topics too. And so it's like, we have these different series, our spiritual activism series. I love that one because mm -hmm. that's where Ricky and I, but we took a class, literally spiritual activism. Um, and we really delve into kind of the history and the like entire gamut of like spirituality and astrology. And that covers like different types of spiritual tools and technology. So that's a whole series we go into. Um, and that's often a topic that people don't, like think of as in terms of academia or don't think of as in terms of like a important, especially not like a hard science. So they don't understand why we would be talking about this, but um, we like to talk about topics that aren't necessarily considered traditional academic. It's all about kind of breaking through that binary and also why we call it gray matters. There's a lot of gray spaces in a lot of these places. So um, also, you know, gray is not the ivory tower. So <laughs> away from the ivory tower as well so oh, yeah yes, awesome. I mean you said such great ones now I want to add more to my answer <laughs> <laughs> just go through our whole roster yeah just yeah. go listen to the whole show basically <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that you really like the media um, episodes is there anything that you've been uh, watching reading lately that has really um, you know been something that you want to talk about that is really you know inspiring or even just you really like it <laughs> oh I don't know okay I don't know if I have like I, there's I've, I've watched and I've been into um but I think one of the things that is sometimes difficult slash like what 
um, there's a really amazing theorist and scholar. Her name is um, Sarah Emmett, and she talks about being the feminist killjoy. And I think that that's definitely something that Ricky and I both um, deal with because we talk about it a lot, where it's like, sometimes it's hard to watch conventional, conventionally popular things um, because we tend to see a lot of the problematic elements, but then we feature them on episodes, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, like there's a few, um, there's a few like really good documentaries and things that we, that I've really enjoyed and really been into. One of them being the black art, um, Ricky, correct me if it was, if it's wrong. It's black art in the absence of light, I believe. Right. Is that what it is? Yeah. On HBO. Yeah. I think so. Here, let me, I'm a good Googler. I can Google. Which oh, one thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Black art in the absence of light. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that documentary. We referenced it on our art history episode, but, um, or our representation. Um, but yeah, that one's, I enjoyed that so much. I've watched it more than once. Um, yeah, I love, like, I'm a good, like, documentary nerd. I love, I love stuff like that. Um, I have a whole, I got into TikTok, like, not really recently, a few months ago with the pandemic, but I have, like, a whole list of running books from BookTok that I um, <laughs> want to read, but I haven't gotten around to because I'm still going through my books, um, like, that are, like, nonfiction, a lot of my theory books. Um, I've been reading a lot of stuff on like intergenerational transgenerational trauma, um, which is not, I realize that's probably not what you asked. It's <laughs> not like reading at all. It's very intense. It's very in your field. But um, yeah, I will, I will hopefully get through some of those books and, and like delve more into, I've been trying to find more and please, if anybody's recommendations, feel free to leave them in the comments. Like I've been trying to find more books, um, especially fiction books, um, the novels written by um, women of color, people from marginalized communities. I'm all about it. Yeah. How about you, Ricky? Anything uh, on the watch list that's been <laughs> yeah. inspiring? Yeah, yeah. So I was just pulling up my list of that's so weird. I like to save um so um I like to save lists. <laughs> I'm a lister. I don't know why I am. Um, but um there's this really amazing um I don't even Shelly is everything, but she sends me such we're in class together and she sends me such amazing um documentaries and articles like she recently sent me an article about this is it has nothing to do but I'll just say it. it's this really great article about how Solange Knowles is like a love letter like her work is basically a love letter to like uh, quirky black creatives and I'm like oh my gosh that's so amazing um but before that she sent me this really great documentary it's called Soul I think it's on PBS but it's about um how um the soul there was this show called soul and i want to say the 70s i'm gonna get this wrong shelly if you're watching i'm sorry i, I know i watched a documentary it's just been a little while it was either the 60s or the 70s um and this was a show that was premiered to feature black creatives and it was a space for black creativity um a lot of black creatives got their start on that show and this documentary kind of um kind of highlights this platform that was used for black creatives because they were marginalized from a lot of spaces. And of course it goes through um, the back behind the scenes on how a lot of black creatives were like exploited and commodified, but it was just so heartwarming for me to watch this space. Like there was this line where he, um, where the, the, um, the, uh, the host of the show um, told everyone to touch the screens and kind of feel like to feel the energy 
coming off from all the creatives and I was like whoa my mind is blown and this this was like in the 60s 70s era right um and so I really connected with that documentary if you want an enlightening documentary there's another one on HBO um it's not as um uplifting it's kind of shocking um it's called exterminate the brutes um and it's a really great documentary that really talks about the hard the hard to digest history of this great um america founding place and it really gets into um the history of exploitation and and just murder and um the history of oppression that took place um to uh, create this place that so many of us call home. So I really appreciated that documentary. Um, yeah, like Charmaine said, it's 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 so hard for sometimes to watch shows because I I mean I was recently watching um what was what was I watching recently? Um, what's that movie? Quiet Place. And I'm watching the movie and like it's funny because the first thing out of my mouth like one of the first things out of my mouth that day was where are all the people of color? Like, is it only the <laughs> white people survive? What happened to us? And then the one, not the, I'm not going to ruin the movie, but we all know the token black person gets killed, right? And I was like, well, dang, here we go again. Like, can we have a movie that doesn't have us getting killed? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, like Charmaine said, um, especially after taking so many classes about media literacy, like, I like dissect so many aspects of the media. I mean, we're even gonna, um, I don't mean to spoil this. I guess it's not a spoiler because it's like a, a, an article. Who can spoil an article? But we're gonna work on an article with um, really great professor, Dr. Tracy Everbach, who we featured in episodes of b before about the um, how Meghan Markle was treated in the British media versus um, versus Kate Middleton. Because um, we we also apply that to print media too, and 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 so how she was treated. Uh, so just media in all forms, I feel like you look at such differently when you become more aware of those of those biases and of um, symbolic annihilation. Oh yeah, uh, Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh, yes. Someone just commented about Game of Game of Thrones. Like I rewatch it, and I'm like, really, really, y'all? So y'all gonna tell me? It's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rikita, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm, yeah. No, I was just gonna like what you're saying is so right, and I and I think about this too. Like, we constantly see this being reproduced. Like, The Quiet Place is a new movie, and it is by two like very well known, or it features like two very well known actors, and you know the director and the creator. Like everybody, like it's just it it kind of boggles my mind, and like it's very disappointing. Um, when we keep seeing this repeated. And there's there's a really great book about this that kind of talks about this specifically um, to the kind of um, uh, villainization of Arabs, but it's called Real Bad Arabs, R-E-E-L. And it talks about um, kind of like the villainization of brown men broadly um, in film and like entertainment media. And it's just like, um, yeah, like these tropes and archetypes that continue to be reproduced. And it's so disappointing because we continue to see them like out here again and again and we're just you know especially with like a creators from these marginalized communities are trying to break through and that's part of it it's like how do you break through a system that is built on your oppression that is built on 
systemically keeping hierarchy and like hegemony? How do you actually try to dismantle that system and get your work out there while also trying to survive? Yeah. No, I mean, I know what you mean about all the, like seeing through all this stuff. I'm a film person. I got my master's in film studies. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, on that level of just like knowing what's all behind the scenes is like one thing of it when some, you know, when you see a movie and the lighting is weird, I'm like, why did they do that? Why is it like that? And then, so when you're aware of all those little building blocks, the bigger story stuff where it's like, well, why are there no black people in this world? Why, are there, you know, why is this person get killed at this time? It's like, these are all choices that were made at a certain point in that process that either got, you know, that this is yes or no. And so what's happening in those spaces? Um, and I think that speaks to the representation again, that we need more diversity and um, more representation in all of those spaces to make sure that, uh, you know, a, a wider diversity of stories is being told and that those uh, experiences are being represented. Um, yeah. And <laughs> that's Toria in the in the chat that's commenting up and I wanted to give a shout out. Toria is gonna be on Gray Matters later this month um, to do a little guest spot um, about for the Pride, for Pride Month, um, talking about, I think the Aztec gods, perhaps? We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to Stay dictate your topic. To find yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, also, I also wanted to shout out, um, since you guys both talked about loving documentaries, and I also love documentaries, um, there's a free documentary streaming site called Doc Plus, or Documentary Plus. It's docplus.com. <laughs> Um, and there's just a ton. It's all documentary all the time. So if you like documentaries, um, I would check that out. I just recently learned about it and I haven't gotten all the way into it, but there is a lot of stuff on there. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, we're, we're getting close to an hour here. So I think it's time for us to wrap up. But um, you guys both mentioned that you're into astrology. So I want to ask, what's your sign? <laughs> Ooh, oh my god I'm so excited okay you can go first I mean or do you want me to go first okay. or do you, um, you know what I'll, I'll give the big three or just one oh try. okay let's do the big three big three okay oh, yeah I yeah, am yeah. a Scorpio moon Gemini rising what was the sun I didn't hear Leo Leo okay Okay, um, sorry, I was like, I got so distracted. I was gonna pull up my whole chart and give you a whole chart, <laughs> but you did not ask for that, did you? No, you didn't, you said the top three. <laughs> Let me stop, okay. So I am a Scorpio um, sun. I'm also a um, Scorpio um, moon too, but I am a Taurus ascendant. Um, I got a lot of Scorpio on my chart, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, the double Scorpio. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a Gemini. It's my month, uh, my time right now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a Aquarius moon and a Capricorn rising. So oh, cool. that's my that's my spread. <laughs> I, I love, love oh, okay. oh, okay. yeah. yeah. No, no. We I'm were good. saying the same thing. <laughs> that Scorpio moon, so Ricky and I are so complimentary in so many ways. <laughs> Unlike the real, the real stuff, we just be vibing because it's, <laughs> yeah. 
It's we, like, literally say the same thing. Like, we were in a meeting today, and literally the same, like, what I was going to say came from Charmaine. And I was like, it's our moon. Are connecting our Scorpio moon energy is connecting, we're feeling it, we're vibing. Um, okay, well, that's why you're such good hosts together. Yes. The shared moon, yes. And I love <laughs> that we mentioned the top three. I always love when people mention, um, like, um, a sign past the sun because I'm like, you know, you know, astrology, you know, astrology, birth <laughs> charts, so yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta get you gotta get at least the first three to really to really dig in there and it's always fun to like hear the what the breakdown is it's like oh oh hmm. <laughs> right like it's just yeah yeah and once you start to kind of learn about them and you it really yeah some people most people you can really 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 <laughs> mix it and it's it clicks <laughs> And then, you know, I think it's wonderful because you are able to like, you know, it's not, I think sometimes a lot of people take horoscopes to be like kind of malicious and it's not, it's, it's really like, it's a wonderful way to be able to communicate better with one another. And I think that's, that's so important. Like we have to learn how to communicate better with each other. Yeah. That is a great note to end on. Uh, I think if you guys do want to share uh where you want to be found the instagram is gray matters the blog um and i think that's is that the website too gray matters the blog.com it's dot uh, org now dot org okay yeah yeah so every everywhere you can find us it's gray matters the blog dot uh, org you can email us at gray matters the blog at gmail.com um everything else gray matters the blog it's gray with an a um yeah yeah and you can um, find us on all podcast platforms. Just search Gray Matters, the blog, and we are the green with the tree, the green background with the tree. When you see that, that's us. <laughs> well, great. Definitely check that out. A lot of great conversations, um, not just with you guys, but sometimes you have guests on, um, like our artist Toria will be guesting later this month. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, thank you guys again, Charmaine and Ricky, for joining me for this chat. It was really great to talk with you. Um, and everyone watching, happy Pride. Check out our sticker pack. Do all the things. Go check out Gray Matters, the blog. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank, thank you, for, you for hosting this. This was such a great live. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks for listening we appreciate your support you can continue to show your support by giving the podcast five stars and by following us on our website graymatterstheblog.com that's gray with an a and on instagram as well as sharing and commenting on our posts on at gray matters the blog we want to connect with our Gray Matters community. That's you, our listeners. So if you have a comment or inquiry about customizable trainings and workshops, email us at graymatterstheblog at gmail.com. Stay safe, everyone, and we will chat with you next week.